0: Hey everybody, it's Lon Seidman and it's time for your weekly wrap up and I want to begin first as we always do by thanking our newest Patreon supporters We have Eric, who's I think a returning patron, Jacob Wadman, Derek Stevenson, and Richard Schnatterly. I want to thank everyone for their generous contributions to the channel. Those funds are going to help pay for uh, Corey's uh, wages here on the channel, our uh, assistant producer here. He's been doing a great job keeping me busy too, actually. He's been very efficient, and uh, we're getting a lot done around here with his help, so I want to thank everyone for their support of that, but I also want to thank everyone who just watches on a regular basis too, because both of those things equal channel growth. Now, we don't have a sponsor this week, but I do have a fun affiliate link that some of you might find useful, and that is for a little company a friend of mine started called Royal Needham after the uh, city in Massachusetts, and uh, what they're doing is selling packs of wrapping paper and greeting cards on Amazon, so you spend a little bit of money here, you get a box delivered to you with all the wrapping paper and bows and gift gift tags and all the other junk that you need to uh, wrap up your presents for the holiday season. I know before I got married, I used to just grab whatever I had, paper bags, newspapers, because I never thought to go out and actually get this stuff at the store. Uh, This might be very useful if you have the same problem. And uh, they also have these great packs of greeting cards that cover the gamut of... Uh, life events that you might want to send a card for. So there's happy birthday cards, anniversary cards, new baby cards. They even have sympathy cards and other stuff. You can buy a big pack of these things, and whenever a life event happens, you got a card and you're a hero. Good stuff. You can't beat it. Uh, Pretty inexpensive for what you're getting, I think. And uh, you'll help out a friend and also help out the channel with an affiliate link if you purchase. So take a look at Royal Needham. So let's take a look at the Week in Review. On the Extras channel, we had four different unboxings that you can check out on the link on screen. Uh, We also did Uh, Four reviews plus a sponsored post from our new sponsor, Pulse, where we had one of the Pulse technicians come to the studio here and uh, fix a phone. And we looked at the entire process from start to finish, and I tried to uh, edit it a bit so it goes a little faster. But uh, generally, he says he can get these phones fixed in about a half an hour. We repaired uh, Corey's broken iPhone 6, and he did a very nice job getting that phone back up into uh, working order. And I was very impressed with the quality of the screen that they brought down also. Uh, If you're not familiar with what this service is, they uh, do house calls to fix your broken phone, and they're a little less expensive than the Apple Store, in some cases a lot less expensive than the Apple Store. Uh, They do Samsung and Google phones also, and you can kind of see the process that they follow when uh, they come over to your home or business to do the repair Uh, in that video. Worth checking out. We're going to have another one coming up from Pulse soon where they're going to uh, try to get me to fix a phone as good as their techs do. I'm pretty sure I'm going to fail at that task, but I'll let you know when uh, we're about to do that video. Uh, We also took a look at the all-new Amazon Fire TV. We looked at a new portable docking kit for the Nintendo Switch. We had the Moto G5S Plus and the review of the Lenovo Yoga 920, which I hope to do some follow-ups on uh, in the next week or two on its Thunderbolt capabilities, too. So we'll be doing a a little bit more with that Lenovo machine. I did want to do a follow up on the Fire TV because. Uh, This one replaces the uh, one that is uh, currently out now that's more of a set-top box. This one is now kind of like a, they call it a dangler. It looks like the uh, Chromecast where you plug it into your HDMI port and it just kind of hangs off the side of your TV. So it's not a uh, traditional set-top box. And I'll be honest with you, I was very disappointed with this because it's a lot slower than last year's model. It does do 4K video a little better, but uh, it really was a step backwards for Amazon. I also noted in the review that we had some trouble getting over the air broadcast through my HD Home Run to work. And uh, John Tierney points out here, it looks like, from uh, some of the scuttlebutt on the Silicon Dust forums, is that uh, MPEG-2 decoding is not supported in hardware on this device. It's capable of it, but it looks like Amazon maybe didn't buy a license to have those uh, devices decode that content, which is why it was running so poorly uh, in the demo. I had stated maybe it was a Wi-Fi issue. It actually really has more to do with the lack of hardware decoding on the box. And maybe they'll fix it, maybe they won't, but at this point uh, it's ne- it's nowhere nearly as good as the second-generation device that it replaces. But uh, some other folks reminded me, and I forgot about this, is that our friend uh, AFTV News, Elias Saba, who uh, sponsored the wrap-up for a few weeks, uh, had a story about some leaked uh, photos of these Amazon devices that are coming out. So of course on the left there we got the one that we just reviewed and apparently there's a higher powered box that's going to be sold in a cube uh, that is yet to be released. So perhaps this will be the new higher end faster device and hopefully it will be better than the second generation Fire TV but we'll have to wait and see and when that one does get released I will order one and we'll do a full workup on it here on the channel too. But if you are happy with your second generation Fire TV there is absolutely zero reason to update to the new version because it is a significant step backwards unless you really want 60 frames per second 4K with HDR but in that case I think there are better devices out there to achieve that. So now it's time for a couple of things that are on my mind and this is week 34 of me doing this as a full time occupation and things continue to go well and uh, one of the nice parts about having Corey on board now is that he's able to do a lot of the editing tasks and getting a lot of the products prepped for me to review so we've been Uh, really cranking out a lot of the shoots early in the week and then I've been spending more time on uh, developing the business during the rest of the week and that's been really helpful so it's been great to have him on board I've never been stressed doing this job but I've often been pressed for time and that's been stressful and uh, that's taken a lot of that pressure off because I can get things ready to be uploaded and I don't have to worry about uh, scrambling after dinner to get things uh, situated so I'm not uploading too late in the evening and uh, all has been going very well. It was also fun doing that uh, phone repair thing because because one of the uh, things that I love shooting are these process videos where you really can't take a second take. So you just kind of run through them. And uh, we had that entire video shot about in the length of time that it took for you to watch it. It really uh, went very, very quickly because, uh, again, you can't make a cut here and redo something. It's going to be a one-shot thing only. So a lot of times when I'm shooting videos... I'm a perfectionist sometimes, and I often go back and do things four or five times in a row until I get it just how I want it. And uh, sometimes I'll look down at the clock, and I'll have been shooting for two and a half hours on a video that uh, you might watch in 10 minutes or less. So uh, it really is fun sometimes to do something where you can just let it roll and uh, run through it and have a great video up for everybody to take a look at. So things are going well here on the channel, and I'll keep you posted on progress on other fronts. And then, of course, the iPhone 10 was uh, pre-ordered or made available for pre-order Uh, at midnight pacific time here in the united states and where i live on the east coast Uh, That was three o'clock in the morning, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little nuts about these this stuff. So I figured, hey, you know what? I should get one of these things for review, of course. And I am an iPhone user, and I was waiting for this to be available. So I did set the alarm for 3 a.m. and I said, if I can get one, I'll get one. But if it's going to be until December or something, I'll just wait until it gets a little bit better uh, stocked at the store. And believe it or not, I actually have one. Uh, Well, not yet, but I will have one on Friday. I have to go uh, pick it up at the Apple store that's located about a half an hour from me. I'm hoping this is not going to be as bad as the experience I had a number of years ago when I picked up my iPhone 4 at the store. I was online for four hours. Uh, to get the phone that I already paid for. I'm hoping this is a little smoother. They did make an appointment for me, so uh, hopefully that means it'll be a uh, in-and-out kind of procedure, but I will be getting that phone on Friday. I'll be playing around with it and probably do a review for you uh, Saturday or Sunday. Uh, not much new on this one, really, beyond the fact that it looks different. It's got the facial recognition and everything, but I think from a performance standpoint, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this later, uh, there isn't much of a performance difference with the 10 versus the 8, and even as we talked about, out, uh, from a functionality standpoint, there isn't much of a difference between the 7 and the 8 either. So we're in a point now where I think a lot of this mobile stuff has been maturing, and now it's about uh, changing the look of things to make them cooler looking, even though they may not perform any better. But I'll tell you, my thoughts on it when it does get here. I also picked up the new Mario Odyssey game for the Nintendo Switch over the weekend. I've been having some fun with it, but uh, to be honest with you, I'm not as enthusiastic about this as many of the reviewers online have been, Uh, partly because this game is more of an exploration game where you got to go out and find these little moon pieces all over the place, and it reminds me a lot of Mario Sunshine on the GameCube. Now, I like that game too, but it wasn't one of my favorites because it did kind of lumber along a bit, and this one feels like it's going in that direction. You spend a lot of time uh, just trying to find these little moon pieces everywhere, and the good thing is, is that you don't have to get as much as might be in the level to advance, at least not in the uh, first third of the game that I'm in at the moment. So I'm going to stick with it, but I'm not as enthusiastic about this game as I was about the uh, new Zelda game, which I think was nothing short of a masterpiece. This one's fun, but I was hoping for something a little faster paced than what, I've, what I'm seeing at the moment, but maybe it will pick up as we go. Let me know what your thoughts are down in the comment stream. And now it's time for some q and our first question comes in from Coyote Trails who uh, was responding to a conversation we were having last week about stolen content on YouTube and he's wondering if there's any easy way Uh, to find out if someone has stolen content and posted it elsewhere. And unfortunately, if you don't have access to YouTube's content ID system, uh, the answer is no. It's very difficult to know where other people upload your content. What you might want to do is maybe go out and try to search by uh, things in your description. Just the wording that you used, I found that many times when people re-upload my content, they reuse my title and description, and that might be a quicker way to Uh, go through quickly and see if somebody put that product on there. What I used to do was notice the things that would get uploaded a lot more frequently than others, and I just do searches for those items from time to time and see what was uploaded in the last two weeks, for example, to see if any of my videos were in there. It does require, though, a lot of proactive work Uh, to get that done. Uh, As channels grow, you might be eligible to get into the content ID system. And uh, what that does is it automates the process of identifying content when it's re-uploaded on the platform. And uh, YouTube is very careful about who they grant access to under that program. So you do have to make your case as to why you might want to gain access to it. But uh, that's probably the best way, but unfortunately, it's not available to everybody. Uh, the biggest problem that I have seen is that in addition to my video being up there, there's a bunch of other videos from a bunch of other creators, too. And unfortunately, uh, YouTube doesn't have a means in which I could report the channel so that they can go and review it to see if there are uh, other violations that should be taken care of. I think that'd be a great tool if they would give people the ability to report the channel as uh, that place being a Uh, Haven of content theft Because I think that would cut down on a lot of this Because unfortunately a lot of creators Just don't know that their stuff has been stolen And re-uploaded And Alan Welk wrote in asking Can you really tell the difference between 4K at 30 frames per second And 60 frames per second And I think the answer to that is yes Now if you're looking at some of my unboxing videos On the Extras channel, probably not But uh, here's a channel that you should definitely take a look at I'm going to bump up the channel of the week To this question uh, Just because it's so relevant Uh, Jacob and Katie Schwartz travel the world with a very expensive RED camera, I think, and they shoot amazing video at 4K and now 8K at 60 frames per second and sometimes higher. Amazing footage that looks unbelievable on your 4K television, and it really does make a difference having that super high resolution along with that uh, really nice frame rate. It just looks like you're looking outside a window sometimes, and I always show off this channel when people come over to see my 4K televisions. It really uh, is a jaw-dropper kind of thing and Uh, This is something I think you'll enjoy quite a bit on your own TV if you haven't discovered this channel already. I would love to hear if there are other channels like this that you've seen on the YouTube platform. Uh, Let me know down in the comments section below. And you would also be good to just try out your internal YouTube app on your TV with this first, because I've seen on both my Samsung television and my LG TV uh, that their internal YouTube uh, clients do really well with this channel uh, and sometimes better than my set-top boxes do. And this next question comes in about my Moto G5S Plus review because in the benchmarks that we ran on that phone, uh, we noticed that it was performing about the same as the iPhone 5S did. And Ryuji uh, Kobayashi here points that out. He's kind of disappointed that here we are in 2017 and the best you can get is a phone that performs the same as one from five or six years ago. And uh, that's kind of the status of the mobile phone industry. We've got some really powerful phones on the flagship side of things, but very little software that actually takes advantage of these flagship phones. In fact, as we pointed out with our iPhone 8 review, a lot of the AR stuff that the 8 does and the 10 does also works on the 7 and the 6, so you're really not having any incentive here to keep upgrading your hardware, and it also doesn't seem like there's much of an incentive for app developers to uh, target that hardware either, and I think this is the biggest problem we've got right now in the mobile phone industry. Uh, my, My challenge here, when I take one of these new flagship phones out for a spin, that Moto Z2 Force is a great example, i got nothing that can really show off that processor Other than running the Dolphin emulator to see if it can run a GameCube application or something. And that's great for us enthusiasts, but there's not much for consumers that justifies spending $1,000 on a phone, for example. And uh, let me show you this benchmark here. This is just an example of this. Now, what you're looking at right now is a benchmark from my review of the Amazon Fire HD 10 tablet. And you can see some of the differences in performance between that tablet and other ones that cost about the same. And look at the NVIDIA Shield K1. Uh, That one came out in 2014 and it has yet to be matched by any other tablet that I've tested, and any mobile phone really for that matter, beyond the two uh, flagship phones that I've got here in-house right now, the z 2 Force, which we reviewed and the uh, Samsung Galaxy S8 that I'll be taking a look at shortly. Beyond that, everything else doesn't come close to that K1 tablet, and yet we are three years past its initial release date. In fact, they're not even making the K1 tablet anymore. And I think the problem is that there's just nothing that's incentivizing these developers to take advantage of this horsepower that we've gotten in these phones these days. Uh, these are the top-selling games at the moment uh, from the Google Play Store. The two most expensive games on the top sellers cost $7. That's it. So if you're trying to go at scale here, it's really hard to do. In fact. One of those games really had a bulk of its development costs covered during the PS2 era uh, 10 or 15 years ago, which was Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. It was ported over to Android, but the PS2 guts are really what that game is all about. Uh, Minecraft probably took a little bit more work, but even then, that is the most expensive game on the platform. That game costs a lot more on Windows, but on Android, seven bucks is the best they can get uh, for that price tag. But take a look at the Nintendo Switch store as a comparison here. Now, the Nintendo Switch has what probably would have been in the next-generation K1 tablet, which is the same processor uh, that we have in the NVIDIA Shield TV set-top box. Very fast uh, Android mobile processor, ARM-based processor, that uh, is a little faster than the K1. Now, on the Nintendo Switch, because it is a game console they can get 60 bucks a game. And we're seeing things that are pushing that hardware harder than I thought it could go, especially things like the Zelda game that I mentioned earlier and all these other great games that are coming out for the Switch. But they are getting 60 bucks a pop for them and people aren't complaining about paying that much for them either. It's just so funny how you can pick up this uh, Nintendo Switch, which is essentially a high-powered tablet, have no problem paying 60 bucks for a game there, but consumers refuse to pay anywhere near that uh, on these mobile platforms. And I think that's really the biggest problem here and why we're not seeing a greater uh, push of performance, especially at the mid to low end tiers of these phones, because there's just no software out to take advantage of that. And there isn't any because developers aren't seeing any path to getting revenue uh, for investing all that it takes to make a triple A title there. So that leads me to our Q&A for you. And that is, what am I missing? Are there games out there uh, either on iOS or on uh, Android, that really do show off what these super high-end phones and tablets can do. I haven't really found anything that does that, so uh, let me know down in the comments below, because I would like to have some additional apps for showing off what a high-powered device can do on the mobile side of things, and I'm coming up empty beyond the uh, Dolphin GameCube emulators, so let me know down in the comments below. So this week we got a bunch of stuff planned. In fact, I already shot this video that will be going up probably tomorrow or the next day, the Azul Byte 3. It's a fanless Apollo Lake-based mini-computer. So I always love these mini PCs, especially when they only cost 200 bucks. So we'll be uh, taking a look at this and seeing what uses it might be good for. Uh, We're also going to look at a router from Symantec that I mentioned last week. I just didn't get to it last week. Uh, This is the Norton Core. It's a wireless router that uh, has security features on it so that it can detect bad things happening on your network. So if your kid gets infected with malware, it can detect that. uh, Knock the kid off the network until you've had time to deal with it. I'll be going through all of what it does in that review. Uh, This is going to be one of those routers that is really not for everybody. It's probably better for some uh, more non-tech-savvy users because there will be some limits limitations to what it will do to your connection, but I will talk more about how it all works in that review. I do think there is a, a use case for it, but again, it's not going to be for everybody. I also got in thanks to viewer Trevor Paisley, my SNES classic. I've been playing with it the last couple of days. and I'm going to do a little like a commentary thing on it and what I think about it and uh, maybe speculate as to why it is so interesting to people. And I'll show you some of the games on it too. You probably already have seen how this thing works on other channels, but I will try to give you some of my own thoughts on it because I do think it's a pretty fun little device. And I thank uh, viewer Trevor Paisley for selling it to me at his cost. It was very generous of him to do that given what these are selling for these days. I also got in the new Roku Streaming Stick Plus. Uh, This is another 4K device for watching your streaming content. Roku seems to know what they're doing, so we'll see how well uh, this one holds up against some of their other devices. You can see it costs 70 bucks there. And, of course, we'll have the iPhone 10 and whatever else uh, strikes my fancy over the course of this week. Now, if you want to help the channel, you can. You can go to lawntv slash Patreon and make a monthly contribution to the channel. We've got the tip jar for a one-time contribution at lawntv slash tip jar. And if you're outside the U.S., PayPal's a good avenue for uh, contributions to the channel at lon at lon.tv. Of course, we've got our ongoing relationship with Plex. If you sign up for a free Plex account, no credit card required. We get a small commission for that. You can also gift a Plex Pass subscription to somebody for the holidays at lon.tv slash Plexgift, a great gift. Uh, channels, we got a lot of them. Uh, extras channels where I do all of my unboxings. You can listen to an audio version of what you hear here on my podcast. Uh, the Snippets channel has search friendly snippets of other videos that we've done. Vidme is a copy of the Extras channel on a different platform, and then the live streams. I know I talked last last week about doing a live stream. We ran out of time this week, but uh, next this week, I'm hoping to do it. I will email you and tell you when I'm going to do it. I'm looking at Wednesday right now, but uh, you know things get get crazy around here, so we are looking at Wednesday. I will send out an email to my email list when I've got that time locked in. I'm shooting this on Sunday. Uh, When Corey gets here on Monday, we're going to try to figure out the schedule because he's going to help with that live stream. So stay tuned. It will happen, and we're going to be uh, playing around with an external GPU uh, for the little PCI slot on cheap laptops. That would be kind of a fun little project, and we're going to be doing more of these fun little projects as live streams here. So Be on the lookout and sign up for that email list, which you can find um, in a second. Uh, If you want to follow what I'm doing and get notified every time something gets posted, uh, do click on that bell because the YouTube algorithm doesn't always put things in front of people, as I'm finding uh, with some viewers writing in. So that bell will notify you the second something gets posted on any of my channels, And if you want that email to know when we're doing the live stream, go to lawntv slash email. We've got the Facebook page at lawntv slash Facebook. I hope to be putting some more stuff up on there uh, video-wise in the coming months. And, of course, we've got the store at lawntv slash store where I sell things that I have reviewed and I'm now getting rid of. And most of those things are things that I bought. So you're going to get new stuff at a discount. And if you want to know when those things go up, Sign up for a separate email list at lawntv slash storealert to get notified. And that's going to do it for this week's weekly wrap-up. I want to thank all of you for your continued support and viewership and all the great comments and suggestions that you always make down in the comment stream. I don't get to every comment, at least with a personalized reply, but I do read every single one, and I uh, greatly appreciate everyone who takes the time to uh, leave a thought or a comment, and I will try to reply to as many of those as I can. And who knows, I might not reply, but you might see me reply uh, here on the wrap-up. So do keep those comments. Comments coming. So that's going to do it for this week. We'll see you next week and later on in the week with all the other stuff we're doing. This is Lon Sybin. Thanks for watching. This channel is brought to you by my Patreon supporters, including gold level supporters, the Black Eyed and Blues Music Hour Podcast, Chris Allegretta, John Prawl, William Miller, and Kalyan Kumar. If you want to help the channel, you can by contributing as little as a dollar a month. Head over to lon.tv Patreon to learn more. And don't forget to subscribe. Visit lawntv slash s.